Well, we're finally back with episode three. We have failed to keep up our one show per month pace. So we I don't think we got anything done in March. And so we're going to have to... Well, we didn't have a three-day weekend. So it was like, where's our three-day weekend to record on? And then we just missed it. Right. So we have no three-day weekends in Until... April, but we're going to uh, record today anyway. So it's Sunday, April 18th. 2021 and we're back in the nobody knows podcast studio <laughs> which is just my office <laughs> yeah. which is looking pretty good now it's got a lot of decorations a lot of nice lighting and it's yes. a very comfortable place to sit and record i think we just have to do something about these chairs that make snap crackle pops when we move yeah apologies if you hear uh the ambiance of chairs all right, so I one thing that I wanted to do first is uh, do a little housekeeping segment, a la Sam Harris, a little housekeeping. I wasn't happy with episode two's like-dislike segment last time around, and I, I kind of almost wanted to apologize for it. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> well, what he wanted to do was have me edit it out after we posted the podcast. He was kind of upset that we were going to keep it in and... Yeah. I just said it was better. We we recorded it. Let's put it out there. And if you want to say something and adjust, let's do it this time. Okay, so let's let this be a, an addendum to to that episode. So I think I came across as kind of whiny, kind of ranting. And uh, I was using, if I can listen to it, my vocabulary was fairly poor. And I'm sure it had to do with the fact that I was uh, probably drinking some beer while we were recording the end of that <laughs> podcast. And what I was trying to say really wasn't coming through. And it also doesn't represent the type of discourse that I want to have on the show. I don't want to have a rant where I call people stupid and idiot and, <laughs> and dumb over and over again like I did in that segment. The other thing I want to do is make sure that when I'm talking about um, you know, various, various uh, people... That because I say a bunch of names all in a row, that I'm not drawing a moral equivalence essentially between all those people. So when I'm talking about Fauci and the Surgeon General and Cuomo and Trump, I wasn't careful to you know, tease those people and their character apart. Though I, I think I can just take a minute to clean this up. Uh, in general, I would say that I still stand behind the sentiment of what I was talking about. Uh, I, I do believe that we have a crisis in expertise and it's not because we don't have experts, but it's because the experts we have don't have any real positions of power or influence anymore. Like I believe that they used to at one time, you know, if you take someone like, you know, someone we listen to a lot, like Nicholas Christakis, who has a research lab at Yale and he's excellent at communication and he does excellent research and he's very thoughtful. He's a real expert on epidemiology, but there are no White House commissions that I know of that include people <laughs> like him on them. Right. We have instead this kind of ruling class in the country who are sort of perpetually elected to spots of power. And they're really, um, it, the other thing that's kind of weird is that, you know, they don't really have that many qualifications. You know, they're really people that they somehow got into the spotlight and their names hang around for decades. You know who these people usually are they're you know politicians or university presidents 
they are chancellors, you know, heads of large government institutions. And a lot of them really just are passing jobs around to each other. They're at the age where people are often retire or, or should retire, but you know, they keep kind of clinging on to these positions and it's really causing a lot of stagnation. So, I mean, I've seen this when I was, you know, in the university, I've seen it, you know, when I was in like in the museum at the Smithsonian system, there's a really a lot of tension between the people who are the educators and researchers and faculty. And they really do, they really are at odds with a lot of the higher level administration because they can see that they are being, I don't want to say ruled, but they're being told what to do by people who don't have the expertise that they have. And, and it's, it's really causing a lot of frustration, I think, in those institutions. So, you know, one thing that I noticed, you know, the Smithsonian is a group of museums that has, you know, the Natural History Museum, the African uh, American History Museum, the, the, you know, all the other air and space, so forth. What I noticed while I was there and other people pointed out was that a lot of these top level museum administrators, they kind of just like play musical chairs, like switching between running the different museums. You know, what does, what does the, the person who's running the natural history museum know about also running the air and space museum? Okay. I mean, I know museums do have some overlap, but why not have people who understand what's actually, what research is actually going on inside those museums, running the museums? Right. You know, I'm not going to tell, you know, I mean, what it really comes down to, you know, I use the musical chair analogy, but I think the key difference is that once the music stops, like no one's kicked out. In fact, what they usually do is add another chair <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of kicking out the person who wasn't good enough to, you know, to scramble to the chairs. You know, I'm not going to name a name here, but anyone can look this person up. You know, how does a person who was attorney general of a state become also the governor of the state, also become Department of U.S. Homeland Security, and also become the president of the University of California system? <laughs> like, what do all four of those jobs have in common? I don't know. But what you see is that these qualifications for all these top-level positions, they also keep changing over the years and a lot of the people that are making up these positions the demographics are changing as well so here's some numbers i found uh, from the american council on education most recently when they did the survey they found that 58 percent of college presidents were over 60 years old 58 <laughs> percent wow. whereas 30 years ago only 14 percent of college presidents were over 60 years old so I don't think that the number of colleges has probably increased by that much in the last 30 years, but somehow we've had a 34% increase, you know, I'm sorry, 44% increase in the number of college presidents who are over 60 years old. It's not the same group of people getting older. Well, and then we'll, we can talk about that in just like, let me just give you a couple more okay. numbers. We have... Uh, 11% of college presidents are over 70. Yeah, when most people are actually when most people done are, working. Should have been retired. 25% of college presidents are former college presidents. Meaning presidents of multiple colleges? Yes. Okay. So there's the musical chairs analogy. 
1991, what they called the, quote, typical university president began their term at 47 years old, and the average age was only 55 of a university president. Okay. So I would just, you know, I'm just going to throw this question out there. We don't have to discuss it, but for all the fans out there who are listening, (laughs) I just want you to wonder, like, think, like, how would you explain why this is happening? Like, what do you think is happening? My explanation is really that it's just top-level administration are just continually updating the requirements for these jobs and they're doing it in they're updating these job requirements so that they match exactly the amount of experience that they have at the time and their friends have at the time and it keep and by doing so we're just keeping out younger and more qualified people so i don't know just to tie up kind of the housekeeping i i really just think that we're in a, a, a period of stagnation in our institutions partly because of what i'm talking about here you know, we have uh, the, our elites essentially are, you know, give each other meaningless awards like we talked about in segment <laughs> two during my rant. Stupid awards <laughs> for stupid idiot people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they just trade these top level positions that they aren't qualified for. And just, just one last example of, you know, I'm going to pick on Biden here because Biden is, you know, he was in the Senate for 36 years. Right. That's crazy. 36 years. There's no way he changed with the times while he was there. There's no way he got more. Um, there, there's no way that he became like more of a subject matter expert during that time. Then he spent eight years as vice president. And so now he, we have a president and he's 78 years old. We have John Kerry, also a lifelong politician. And, you know, Biden, uh, 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 appointed him to be what they call the special climate envoy as part of the special climate envoy. So it's he's envoy. Uh, or he's the climate <laughs> czar or something like that. Oh and he's 77 years old. And it's just, it's really disheartening because if you go on Twitter or if you just read opinion pieces that are written by people that aren't in the New York Times or some of the other stagnating institutions, there are so many young, intelligent people who have a firm grasp on the facts of climate change. They have ideas for great solutions, and they can't even get a seat at the table because right. people like John Kerry needs to be our climate czar rather than someone who's maybe 40 years old who spent the last 15 years of their lives studying climate and studying solutions, but they don't have the name. So I think what we're going to be stuck with for at least the foreseeable future until it starts to break down, because eventually we're going to need uh, experts in these positions. But I think we're just going to continue to see this revolving door of unqualified people that we've seen the last few decades. And truthfully, I think that is one of the ways that we got ourselves into a position where people saw so much stagnation they see so many problems that aren't getting solved, and then they end up thinking they got to vote for somebody like Donald Trump to, to you know, shake the rust out of the system or or stupid or, idiot. Gross. <laughs> yeah, people are tired of the stagnation. They're tired of things not getting done, and they're tired of people who seem to who say they're smarter than the average person, but don't seem to be able to come up with better solutions. The average person, and you get someone a demagogue comes along like Trump. Right. Let's just hope that the next demagogue that comes around 
isn't a smart one who actually has a game plan. Oh, for sure. We've talked about this in the past that the one sort of reassuring thing about Donald Trump is that he's not competent enough to enact some of the the things that the left was so afraid of with him. Like, uh, yeah, you see people acting like he was going to bring in the next wave of Nazism or enact all kinds of measures that were going to limit freedoms. And he just wasn't smart or competent enough to to do those kinds of things. But somebody with his... uh, neglect for the ethics and the traditions of the office uh who actually has half a brain it would be truly dangerous um i was laughing as you're talking about musical chairs as our musical chairs creak and crackle beneath us <laughs> did you hear mine creaking while i was yeah, talking just now oh well, not while you were talking but as i you was i was your... being very still holding the ipad with both <laughs> hands <laughs> But uh, anyway, thanks for letting me do a little housekeeping. I know that took some time, but... That's housekeeping on, on uh, Sam Harris, but it's... Uh, what are we going to call it here? Corrections corner on My Favorite Murder. Oh, okay. Everything is corners there. Well, housekeeping uh, doesn't sound trademarked like corrections corner does, so let's no. let's uh, call it that for now. <laughs> sure. Um. So I guess uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're reading, watching, thinking about, playing uh, this week. First off, I do want to say John got a new job, so now he can officially say that he's a software engineer. So Officially say it. That also means that I'll be reading, watching, thinking about, and doing fewer things than <laughs> yeah. I was. But, it, I mean, doing one new big thing during um, during the week, so... I mean, that, among other things, is part of how our, our life got derailed from making the podcast uh, sooner. So, mm-hmm. um, And also, like, the completion of a lot of big, big home projects. Our, our living room is actually a place that we don't mind being anymore now that it's, now that we've got nice floors and we've got all the pictures hanging on the wall. And it's actually, oh, and we've got the curtains tied up so that they're not, like, pee rags for the little dog. <laughs> We don't have to share everything in this segment. <laughs> he's getting he's getting there on the house training. Um, we just can't hang pea flags for him from the windows. Uh, so what are what are you reading or watching or listening to or thinking about or playing? Okay, I wrote a couple things down. Uh, two documentaries that I watched uh, recently. One was called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It's a couple years old. But I think it's it's still interesting to watch. It's the story of Elizabeth Holmes, who in some ways, I would say, conned a bunch of people out of hundreds of millions of dollars. In some ways. <laughs> well, in other ways, I believe she actually believed that she could do what she was trying to do. At least at first. At some and point, she I, knew that she was lying about it. I think that even until the end, she thought she could probably do this. And I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that she thought she could and that she wanted to do it but she was definitely stringing people along and she was in charge of lying about a bunch of the test results they were getting to the and then eventually the government had to shut them down which they should have done <laughs> i'm not going to go into the details but i think one of the interesting things to come out of that is that um people can I think trick themselves into doing something that's wrong because they think eventually it's going to come out for a greater good. 
And I think that it's possible that a lot of people that work there, maybe even including Elizabeth Holmes herself, believe that the end goal was going to justify the means of getting there. And but this is one of those things that we talk about too. It's why they lied about masks early in the pandemic. It's why it's a little bit why they seem to want to downplay any risks to getting the vaccine now. It's just because, yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that it, the ends don't justify the means. We should be honest almost always. Yeah, so. especially, especially with. Uh, uh, our, our public figures and our government should be. I mean, I, I if they want to play a little more fast and loose with the startup games, then okay. If you want to trick your investors, <laughs> then that's that's their game. But uh, let's let's not play with the government like that. Okay. <laughs> the other thing I watched was my octopus teacher, <laughs> which was uh, recommended to me by a former undergraduate ad- advisor of mine and, and friend of mine. And it's uh, actually, it was nominated recently for a 2021 Oscar in documentary, uh, the documentary category. And it's just, it's just really cool because it's a first person account of this guy who decided he was going to take a camera down with him every day when he goes free diving off the coast of South Africa and it's going to record things. He ends up coming across an octopus and sort of, I mean, gets a bit of a, like starts sort of relationship like i would say friendship but like oh, i, I think we're going somewhere else with a relationship there <laughs> Ooh. oh not, not what like kind that of documentaries are you watching but he's he he's almost got like a friend like as, a, as an octopus tentacle porn <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Sorry. oh boy uh you ruined this part for me so it's about <laughs> Sorry, no, it sounded no, like a very wholesome and it's, interesting it's, movie. It's it's really interesting. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, a book I'm reading right now is The Art of Naming by Michael Ohl. He's a curator, entomology curator in Berlin at the Natural History Museum. Haven't gotten too far into it yet, but this book was actually given to me by a, my postdoc advisor uh, about a year and a half ago, and I, it's finally worked its way up to the to the front of the queue where I can. Uh, start reading it and I'm enjoying it so far. It's talking about the rules and history of how we name and classify organisms in the world. And then probably, and then I playing, I guess I could throw in a game I'm playing. I finally started playing Gears of War five on Xbox and, um, it's really good. <laughs> Great. I won't go much further than that. <laughs> if you want to start. Well, we, I had gotten him the game so he could play with our puppy when he was, a, a baby but it didn't work out that that was he played the original was it gears 2 or gears 3 when we got our first puppy and i thought it was a nice bonding experience but it didn't work out this puppy has never sat still long enough to enjoy sitting on a lap during a video game <laughs> <laughs> um i uh just finished a book uh I actually am totally blanking on the author's name, but it's called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And it's a great murder mystery with like a supernatural element to it. And uh, I don't want to, for anybody that is interested in reading it, I actually don't want to give away too much more except to say if murder mysteries are your thing, it's amazing. So uh, just just a really, really fun read. Um, stayed up pretty late finishing it um 
on when I was, yeah, a couple nights ago. And uh, in terms of uh, TV, I haven't been watching highbrow documentaries, but I did watch all of The what? New Girl. <laughs> Are you making a dig at me for watching like, documentaries? No, I'm just sort of... I don't, well, I don't know if those are highbrow documentaries. They're not higherbrow than the new girl. <laughs> well, I'm just okay. saying. I, I my my uh, I, I'm also not reading anything quite as edifying, probably as the art of naming. I'm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was. <laughs> now you're making me feel like uh, a snooty a, snoot man. I was gonna say a douchey douche man. <laughs> That's not my intention at all. Okay. I'm just, we came to the table with totally different uh, kinds of pastimes for this week. And I'm not ashamed uh, that that was sort of me covering for my shame uh, in my lowbrow entertainment choices. I built up my friend's Lego set of the Central Park Cafe uh, that I received for Christmas. That was really fun. Um, hadn't put together some Legos in a while. so A friend, friend's TV show Lego set. Yes. NBC Friends Central Park. It's really cute. Um, We also just watched all of the Planet of the Apes movies, which uh, we had never seen. I say all of. I mean the recently released trilogy, starting with the James Franco uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Rise, Dawn, War. Yes. And uh, those were great. I'm a huge Andy Serkis fan. They were really good. I wasn't expecting to like them that much. I thought they would just be kind of fun to watch, but they're really well-made movies. And almost not fun by the end, actually. Yeah, really that was... sad and brutal. And, um, really I know it was like great. watching like a, I don't know, like World War II, like Holocaust movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're dealing almost like. with concentration camps and, and people people killing other human beings. And, and yeah, uh really good movies uh almost increasing in quality as the series goes so uh was glad to have watched those and then uh next on the list in on the ape theme is uh hopefully godzilla versus kong coming up so equally highbrow equally uh i think that's almost all that i have been doing just engaging in fluff outside of work okay so I think we're ready to jump into our main topic for the day, which uh, we have decided to talk about cancel culture. Um, And I just want to say right off the bat that that I find that term really annoying for a number of reasons. Uh, Mostly it sounds like a Tucker Carlson buzzword or something, and I don't want to share buzzwords with that man or anyone like him. So to complain about this phenomenon feels like unnecessarily gross because of the people that mostly complain about it and then we've got on the left people like denying its existence to the point that they don't want to call it cancel culture either it's like quote unquote so-called cancel culture right right but i mean this very real phenomenon of people being um driven out of work or or pieces of culture being erased, or people being hounded on social media. Yeah, you know, and since you've already called me highbrow a couple times <laughs> in this episode, I'm going to continue with my highbrow. Uh, I don't. Highbrow is not an insult. I just want to say that, like, 
somebody that appreciates. Uh, I, was, I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and Noam Chomsky <laughs> was on it. And he said something interesting that, I'm being serious. He said something interesting that uh, that totally makes sense. He said that it's just interesting to see the left embracing what used to be a phenomenon that we saw on the right. So this not allowing people to work anymore, canceling, trying to knock them out of whatever profession they're in, even though they haven't done anything illegal. Right. And, and canceling them is something that the right essentially invented. This isn't something that that we used to do as left liberals. Right. And if you want to just look at some of the sort of earlier uh, examples of this, I guess you could say from the mid-20th century, you had things like the Red Scare going on because people who were mostly associated with communism were people who would be classified as politically left. They weren't doing anything illegal, but many of them were put on the quote-unquote blacklist, which... I don't mm-hmm. think you're supposed to even say that. You can get canceled for saying blacklist nowadays because you can't right. use any colors in, in any terms. In any case, the blacklist contained Hollywood actors who were suspected of being communists or fellow travelers, and many of them were essentially ran out of Hollywood and weren't allowed to, to be in any films or shows. You know, even um, I think Lucille Ball was, um, I think maybe she was an actual communist. <laughs> we have to look this up. <laughs> I don't want to. S- <laughs> I think it's true. Uh, and Hang on, let's let's do a fact okay, check. But I'm really gonna fast. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say about it. Then we'll we'll, okay. we'll insert a fact check post uh, or you know after we edit this. But she, uh, I think her star power was just so high that she was uncancelable. Is what it came down to. You know, we had. I'll go on while you're looking that up. Right, that's fine. Oh, uh, she registered to vote in 1936. She listed her party affiliation as communist, so... Okay. That is correct. That's something that us highbrow people understand. You just know <laughs> you just without know. looking it up. So... Uh, there's a headline here. Apparently the FBI did not love Lucy. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no, they have no sense of humor. So... You know, we have other things that the that the right has always wanted to keep out of popular culture and out of education, out of the media. They don't. Oh they yeah, anytime keep... a book used to get banned in a school library, it was always people on the right saying, it was "Always people kids on the right can't read that." There's a sex scene. Kids can't read that. That has the fuck word. Yeah, exactly. And they were against teaching evolution in schools. I mean, they still are. A lot of, not everyone, but a lot of them are. Well, for sure there's pockets in this country where it's not even taught because the teachers want to keep it out of the school system as much as the parents do. Yeah, and there are certain topics that they don't want to talk about in schools. They don't want to do proper sex education. I mean, maybe we're getting away from the idea of cancel culture here, but we're we're still... The suppression of ideas, though. And that's where cancel culture is rooted a little bit, is in this sort of freedom of speech... Um, I mean, there's also the, the the fine line with some of these people where people almost believe that these people belong in jail or shouldn't be part of society. Um, and in those cases, it's not the people that are speaking, but other actions that we can talk about, kind of tease out the different kinds of things people get canceled for. But, oh, I also do want to, before we dive too deep, I want to draw a distinction between um, canceling somebody or versus like, objecting to something or boycotting something. So 
like I'm a person that hasn't eaten at Chick-fil-A since they um since it came out how much money they donated to um anti-gay marriage uh legislation to me um I don't want I don't I'm not actively going out of my way to get Chick-fil-A to go out of business I'm not standing outside their restaurant with a sign I'm not harassing employees I'm not writing letters to their CEO calling him all kinds of names or dragging him on social media I just don't want my dollars going to a company that's going to turn around and spend them on political agendas that I'm not a fan of so um I do think there's a difference worth a distinction worth making there yeah I, I agree you know and part of living in a capitalist capitalistic economy is that you you vote i mean capitalist uh, economies are rooted in democracies but you also vote with the money you spend right. and we all have a right to support whatever products we want to with our own money and right we some can, jackass makes a movie and it you don't like his politics or you don't like the me too stuff he's accused of or whatever you can not see it and if enough people don't see it it bombs right yeah that's right and you know if you if you like that there's a company that uh gets you know 100 percent of their energy from renewables and there's another company that gets 100 percent of their energy from slave labor exactly yeah <laughs> i was trying to think of something worse than that but worse yeah i was gonna say by like burning body, bur- burning bodies to like generate steam power or something like that but Lord. in any case um you have you have a right to choose between the two like if you want to choose the one that has renewable energy that's fine that's that's how we make our choices in, in a society but i think though well a lot of it comes down to intention there right like a lot of the goal for a lot of these people is to try and make the world better. They're targeting these people because they're they're under some misguided sense that they're making the world better. I think you make the world better by by directing your energy towards good things and uh, towards making the world a better place and spewing vitriol at people and trying to get people out of having a job is not it's not good or productive in any way. Yeah, there, there's that. But I think the other thing we need to talk about is there are some people who would believe that if you said you liked the Washington Redskins, okay. right, that they believe you have made a moral error and right. that it's a reflection of, of who you are. Or if you're uh, one of these other people in Hollywood that's gotten in trouble for saying something then they believe that their quest is as righteous or more righteous than you believing that you shouldn't eat at Chick-fil-A. So we have to figure out a way to distinguish between the things that are actually important to hold people accountable for and the things that you can kind of shrug off. Right. That's... And so there's a continuum there, and that's why it's, it's hard to pull it apart because obviously well, why, there's I things mean... that people can do that don't break the law, but... They are um, behaviors or actions that that just don't uh, belong in. They're not compatible they're, with. Living yeah, they're not in compatible with, with our society or with most people believe. So we have to decide: okay, do we just let that slide, or do we somehow socially punish them? Or do we have to adjust our legal system so that if 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 something doesn't rise to the level of illegality now, but they're truly incompatible with our society, maybe we're we're doing something wrong 
maybe we're our measure is off. Yeah. So there's that there's that continuum of of uh, of bad behavior that we have to worry about that goes from minor annoyances to criminal, but then there's also the matter of um, deciding just on a personal level what what it is that we're willing to kind of just let other people do or shrug off, I guess. We're, well, there's a certain amount of behavior that you can change in other people just by ignoring them or choosing not to engage. So um, maybe as we as we go through some of these examples, we can um, we can uh, draw some of these distinctions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I brought up the also the um, boycotting versus canceling, which and that distinction there because the right recently was being accused of engaging in cancel culture by suggesting that they were going to boycott the um, MLB All-Star Game, which was moved out of Atlanta because of the new voting laws that they passed in that state. So the, it was the All-Star Game was going to be held in Atlanta. They passed all these restrictive voting laws, and MLB said, fine, we're not having the all-star game in Atlanta anymore. And they moved it. And then Donald Trump, among others, called for a boycott of that all-star game. And to me, boycotting is saying you're not going to watch the game. That falls under the realm of acceptable protest of a thing. Now, if you're going online and you're harassing baseball players or the commissioner of the league and all of these other things, then you're, you're an asshole. You are hurting a lot of people, though, by sometimes boycotting these things, right? There are, in, was, I'm guessing the All-Star game was going to be probably where the Atlanta Braves play. So if it was going to be in Atlanta... Well, I mean, yeah, if anybody's canceling here, it's... it's You're canceling you're out canceling the, all the work all the, the, and the money that was going to be again, that's brought the, in that city. But again, that's the movement on the left that's engaging in something being canceled and affecting a lot of people. If the people on the right just now say they're not going to watch the game, to me, that's just making a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Well, we also, so this is why I wouldn't boycott Chick-fil-A like you would, is because... Because <laughs> their chicken sandwiches are delicious. Like, I know I, I mean, about this. What's that? I said I know how he feels about this. Well, I actually I have it. I don't hardly ever eat there. I've eaten there probably just like two or three times. Yeah, it, it was probably all times while you were still eating there, but I don't. The the that's still the privately held. Well, no, not privately held. They're they're the held beliefs that are publicly now acknowledged of the owner. It's not the comp. The owner and the company is not the same thing. Well, but company money was going to these. They were the company was donating to these political movements. So well, there was a straight line that you could draw from dollars. So Chick Fil A is a privately held company. Yes. they're not publicly traded. I guess no, they're privately owned by this. By that. Okay. Well, he's okay, but I still think that there's a distinction to be made between the family, the people who own it. Well, and I do actually think that in the last couple of years, I want to say I read something that he announced that only his personal money would be used for those purposes and the company's money wouldn't any longer, probably in an effort to get people coming back. And honestly, if I, if I love their chicken sandwiches enough, that might be enough for me to go back, but yeah. I can get good chicken sandwiches elsewhere. Yeah. I, I They're think closed that on Sunday, it's, it's a whole, I, I, I just think that we, we have the distinction is important on that level because I don't want a single person, even if it's the person that's at the top of a company, 
being the one that, or, or by making a judgment on the the entire organization by extension of a single person well, or a small group of people. Because let's be honest, any massive company that's run is probably run by a bunch of assholes that we wouldn't want to be friends with. We wouldn't want to hang out with. And they're, they probably all have some sort of belief that we don't agree with. So we can't just pass down judgment on the whole, on the whole company and therefore all the people that work there because of that. Right. Yeah. I, I, you stop buying chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A. There's no guarantee that the, that the chicken sandwich you buy at the place on the corner is using your money in a better way. It just, we happen to have publicized the way that Chick-fil-A is doing that. The other thing that's sort of an interesting conundrum is that these companies get big enough. They're employers of a lot of people. So even if everybody just sort of goes, eh, I can get my chicken sandwich elsewhere and Chick-fil-A goes out of business, how many people have we put out of a job then? Um, so right. it isn't so um, on. It isn't so unambiguously like without uh, a moral consequence. Right. Um, when you when you do something as simple as direct your dollars elsewhere. And I, I think you have to also look at what the actual impact is going to be. So I'm not get, I'm not going for the Chick Fil A. Not <laughs> beating up on you over Chick Fil A, but do you think that you're actually going to further the cause of marriage equality by not eating a chick-fil-a well at this point interestingly it probably doesn't matter i think marriage equality is here well to it stay. probably didn't matter then no. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I going mean, back okay, to our right example the... of the polluting company and the non-polluting company that, that's something that you it actually does change the thing if if everyone's if, if there's some device that half the people in the country are using and there are two options, and one of them is, is you know, provably better for the environment than the other one. Right. And if we direct our money toward the company that produces the one that's better for the environment, we will actually will make a change. I, that's that's where well, I usually come down. Social issues are a little harder to draw a clear line, right? Because and, and even... they, social issues often involve a single. They're they're focused around like a single person and one thing that a person done. Well, that, and also it's in hard to it's harder to draw a line between like money donated to a social issue actually even causing that issue to gain traction. So right. I mean, sometimes that's true, but it's not always a hundred percent the case. Yeah. I'm willing to I'm willing to reconsider my stance on this. I just, uh, I, yeah, I still don't think it's that my actions were like the wrong, and I still don't think they're equivalent to canceling. But I take no, your I don't point. think they are. Yeah. Okay, so hey, Chick Fil A is has been thoroughly cooked, <laughs> and it's Sunday, so we can't even go get a Chick Fil A after this. And no, and we've got a fridge full of food, so we can't go get any chicken sandwiches out of this. <laughs> Sorry, John. Um, so I think, uh, I guess the way that we do want to define cancel culture then is like, well, there's a couple things. I mean, one of the things that we see commonly is this harassing of people on Twitter and social media um, and or doxing. Um you see a lot of noise about how this kind of behavior harassing on social media is wrong um, coming from the left uh, because, and I kind of wanted to draw a line between the behavior here where like the 
the people in the new Star Wars movie. We had um, the the character that played Rose, Tico, and the character that played uh, Finn, the stormtrooper in the new Star Wars movies. They got a lot of hate online, a lot of racially charged hate, uh, uh, discriminatory messages, and basically were ha- harassed off of Twitter. And uh, the left like holds these up as examples of like the worst kind of behavior that you can have. And, but then that's exactly the kind of behavior that they turn around and direct towards people that they see as having crossed some kind of line that, um, and obviously a racial attack against a stranger is not the same as attacking someone that you think who's has crossed some ethical or moral line. I understand that the, that the, the, goal or the distinction the the reasoning behind it is different but the actions are just as gross right (laughs) like going online and harassing somebody and spewing hate and doing your damnness to ruin their life is gross no matter who you're doing it to yeah it is and it's these these things are are uh initiated by some of the like (laughs) The, the 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 lamest reasons like oh i hate the the last jedi so much like i'm gonna go online and harass the one the, of the actors the actors now just to like maybe put a little bit of uh i don't know like just to, to add something else to that though i know that in a lot of these cases they were going after them you know because they were black and and uh, the other characters eastern asian and they're saying racist things to them uh, they would have probably also been attacking these characters if they were white because people didn't like the characters also. But then you have this overlapping sort of groups of people who are just wanting to be racist well, a-holes. I mean, and you have people that hate the characters and hate the movie. So there would, they, would be getting some, can... they would be getting some, put, some hate even if they weren't. But then you have this extra component that can be added on. Yeah, I don't think Oscar Isaac or Daisy Ridley or um, Adam Driver was harassed off of social media, and I, I but know honestly, their characters Ray, were better, and it's well, not because Ray gets a lot of a lot. Of oh yeah, she gets hate, a lot of hate, but I but she wasn't driven off social media, so maybe maybe there was just enough of the extra with the racists added to the mix, mm-hmm. and maybe they all get harassed, and there was just enough extra from the yeah. racists to make it. I mean, yeah, I that's kind of going down a whole other path to, to draw yeah. that out. But I just, the, I just wanted to make the, um, basically draw the comparison between the two behaviors. So obviously like the reasons for harassing Star Wars actors and the reasons for ha- harassing someone that you see as having crossed some imaginary or real ethical line the, the reasons for those kinds of harassment are different, very different, but the behavior is the same. And um, I think we should just condemn that behavior regardless of the reasons for it. Right. And it's... If you're a nonviolent person going out of your way to punch somebody that you know is a bad person, it's still violence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so another kind of canceling that we see is um, this preventing people from working. So trying to get either people 
removed from jobs or not given any future jobs or um, fired from their from jobs that they're working on. Um, and sometimes these campaigns start on social media. I think that's usually where they get traction. But basically, this the real outcome of some of this is that people get fired. People get not hired. Right. People are out of work now. Before you go into your examples on this, can I just say a little something that's yeah. kind of weird and contradictory? So, again, we're talking about, in this case, preventing people from working. And this is for doing things that are non-criminal. Right. Or there's potential criminality, but there's no evidence for it, or someone claimed there was, but there's it's not going to court. These people are not going to jail. Right. And this is a this is this is actually like social justice in the way that like we're going to carry out justice in the in society or outside of outside of the normal ways. So what's interesting about this though is that I'm just going to throw this in there is that they want to prevent these people. They actually say we never want them to work again. They're never going to work with anyone. We want them completely outcast. You're essentially trying to say that you're just like condemning them to like not even be able to eat. That's well, kind of what you're I saying. Know. I mean, I and think... at the same time, people who are in prison, a lot of these same people will be like, let's let the criminal, let's let the felons vote. I know. <laughs> and, but not we, just felons, but people that are still incarcerated. Yes, let's let people who are incarcerated for rape and murder vote. But, but let's not let let's someone not let who somebody who used the wrong pronouns for someone ever work again. Yeah. That I mean, it's just I, bonkers, right? I do think that we talked about this. I brought it up a little bit when we did our NFL episode um, because we were talking about the, the domestic violence cases mm-hmm. and people wanting these guys to get fired. I mean, there is, in the case of some of these people that we'll talk about, they're already so mega rich that if they never work again, they're fine, probably. Well, well that's but not, that's that's not, not right really the point. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. Um, no, I mean, even from a personal standpoint from the person, like, if tomorrow I still had enough money to live on the rest of my life, I might still want to do my job if I really well, yeah. like it. And it might still get something from it. I mean, it's not always about the, the money. So, well, oh, no, but rich, I was just getting that out there. Some okay. people, the, 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 there's not going to necessarily be a financial toll on them not working again. But yeah. in a lot of these cases, they are still going to have to work if they're um, going to continue to be able to like live in society, yeah. we're not always canceling billionaires. We're, we're canceling sometimes uh, people that are, are just, they, they're having to continue to work in order to continue to make a living. And so the reality of it is that you get this weird thing where, oh, we don't want them on our TV screens or, oh, some actress refuses to work with this person anymore because whatever reason, and if they're going to work somewhere, then they're not working in Hollywood. So now they're pushed out into working at jobs with people more like you and me. And we're not the elites of Hollywood. We don't have the privilege of saying, sorry, you can't work here. So they end up working amongst people that are even more powerless uh, yeah. to do anything about their abuses of power. Yeah. So that's another unfortunate kind of weird side effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, Gina Carano was a recent example of somebody that got fired. Um, we've talked about Star Wars and The Mandalorian on this show. Yeah, the the only quote-unquote crime you could say that she committed was having like 
I don't know. Bad taste thick, in thick, memes. Thick fingers when she was typing on her keyboard. Like, I mean. <laughs> well, look, she, she says some some borderline. Stupid like, stuff. Why does that mean that, that uh, Cara Dune on The Mandalorian is the same person as the actress? Like, the whole point of watching these television shows is that they are divorced from reality. Right. And it's not as if I'm sitting there watching a person who's who is a murderer and a rapist. Like, and I know that that person is not, and they, it's, it's, it's so large in my mind that I can't see anything but that person. She just shared a stupid meme that well, was, that was at best, I mean, it was, it was clumsy at best. It poor was taste. Poor taste. And, and why is that the end of her career? It's. Why is that the end of the, the character I want to see on the TV show? Well, yeah, that's unfortunate for, just for, from the fans point of view is that now the quality of the show potentially suffers or things that you enjoyed about the show were taken away um the other thing that's weird about it is she's um politically not someone that i would have a lot of common ground with and she shared these memes that you kind of want to like grab her by the shoulders and say come on stupid don't do that but a hundred percent there are more actively like race racist people working in Hollywood who just have the good sense to stay off of social media with that shit, right? Well, there's plenty of people on the left that espouse racist things all the time that don't get canceled. Oh, because, because it's directed the right direction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think with Card or with uh, Gina, Gina Carano, Carano, I think probably she has, she's she's got enough of a following on the right uh, that She's not probably necessarily going anywhere. I don't know if Ben Shapiro's film company is going to produce anything of quality that I want to see. No. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, I, I, I think maybe hopefully she'll she'll be back in one form or another somewhere. But it just is is kind of wild that that someone with with political ideas that honestly, like let's be like half the country is aligned with her at least in some of in some ways yeah and i do think that the the charges of anti-semitism with those memes is is way overblown i don't think she intentionally uh, at all meant anything anti-semitic with what she said i think her her trump love and her anti-masking kind of attitudes are kind of gross but again i don't think it means that she shouldn't be able to work it does not ruin my enjoyment of watching her in character. No. So who else do we have? Recent examples. Let's just throw like the, like, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but like if we're going to like put somebody out there, I mean, it would have like Bill Cosby, like obviously. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, if, if. Well, I mean, this I, comes back to the line that we're trying to I probably to could, like, it would be very, like we were talking about, like whether or not you can dissociate disassociate the uh the character from the person that's something that's going to be very hard to do but if, that's also where we're drawing the line where we're talking about sometimes some of these things that people are doing is bad enough that they land in jail right right Bill it's Cosby be really hard to watch ghost dad again right Bill like, Cosby has been convicted of a crime and yeah. he's in jail and he's probably never getting out but it's but what I'm saying is it's it's weird to me that these people are somehow so offended by a 
a dumb little tweet that they want to banish her with to the same level that as we, we cannot Cosby. watch her on TV anymore because we're so triggered now. Yeah. I did have the me too cancellations in their own category here. Okay. Um, where we've got everybody on the scale from like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. Um, Weinstein, I think he goes with. Okay. I have, I don't care. <laughs> Well, if you and were a highbrow like way, me, you would know if it was a Stein or a Steen. <laughs> and then all the way down to like, uh, like Louis C.K., like who's like a degree below them, but a degree or two or three or four worse than Aziz Ansari. Uh, I would say he's if more than a degree below below. Okay, Weinstein. I mean, he's well. Yes, I mean. So most of Weinstein's... He didn't even touch anybody. Most of Weinstein's behavior <laughs> was not touching, though. It was cornering people in hotel rooms or forcing them to watch him take a shower. Yes, he did get he convicted of people. rape. Like, yes, he did yes. get convicted of rape. That's, that's many degrees beyond Louis C.K., most of who, the people who did that not had, rape anybody. Most of the allegations against Harvey Weinstein, though, were of the same flavor, if you will, as the Louis C.K. allegations. So I'll I'll okay. I'll concede he can okay. go a few degrees below. Okay. <laughs> um, but then he's again a few degrees at least worse than Aziz Ansari, who at worst is guilty of being sexually awkward yeah, and not a much. great date. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't know how much we want to go into these different. Um, things, but you can basically get in trouble even for suggesting that Cosby is worse than Aziz Ansari because there's this attitude that no, if you have, if you have done anything of a sexual nature to devalue women in any way, it's all exactly the same. And I can tell you, as a woman, I would much rather run into Louis C.K. and his antics than than Bill Cosby and his. I, yeah, and just truthfully, the truthfully the people that want to put all these into a single category agree with you. Well, yeah, if but... you give them a choice, would you rather? <laughs> They're gonna not have a hard time making a decision. Yeah, it's uh, but it's just it's uh, more expedient for them to create a single threshold and then make the threshold really low, and then anything that goes over that then it's easy to, to dump them all in the same bin because that's just what's politically expedient and it what's, it scores you more points really, you know, in, in a shorter amount of time than talking about it in a nuanced way. Yeah. And it is, it is, I think we'll see probably that Aziz Ansari's career is going to be just fine. But for a while it seemed like it wasn't uh, because he went on a, a date that went badly. Well, and the um, reason it wasn't is because most of the people who follow him are, politically left probably then politically right if he was a politically right comic and the same thing happened it wouldn't have even showed up on the radar anywhere that's maybe possible or people would have ranted about it for a little while but his fan base would have stayed just as strong i think i mean we we have really quick on the left to like jump overboard as soon as like we see one little thing we don't understand happening on the stern we're like "Uh uh-oh jump out lifeboats let this guy go down well, like, for instance... And we don't even know another... the whole story yet. We like to jump. <laughs> right, that's true. So, like, for instance, Al Franken is a situation where that happened, where this photo surfaced of him jokingly, jokingly like, hunka-hunkaing this woman on a 
airplane or something back when he was a comedian before he was a senator and it calls for resignation immediately like it, it, it that was kind of a bizarre I feel like it was a perfect storm of timing and everything with me too kind of reaching a fever pitch right there yeah. well and during the fever pitch um, to, to stay ambiguous you don't like identify anyone or any place we were with a group of people and then somebody was on their phone and an allegation about um, Neil deGrasse Tyson had just came oh, out right. and the person one of the people we were with immediately goes, Oh no, Neil deGrasse Tyson too. Oh, I can't believe it. Like we had, and like, like, Oh, it's time to write him off. Like, yeah. And like it was like, the story you just, just saw surfaced. one headline on one Google news search and, and the, the immediate, uh, you know, political, social stance that you have to take when you're within a group of people is, I is that, Oh, oh look, I, I oh, yeah. can't watch his stuff. Oh anymore. man. He's terrible. Yeah. Like immediately, you have to you have to say that, or you're or why? Because you're afraid the other people you're with might be upset that you didn't immediately disavow someone after one allegation that you know nothing about. Well, that was a case too, where if you read into it at all, it seemed like a lot of a lot of big deal being made out of almost nothing, and then yeah. one case that basically has been shown to be pretty fraudulent. So, yeah. and but. We're, we're in the position, though, where at least people on the left have to be the first one to disavow. Because if you're not the first one to disavow, then your silence is violence. Right. And that means that you condone it if you quickly, as soon as possible, disavow the person. Right. Um, but sort of in, in contrast to that, we've seen some, some uh, I don't know what you would call it, but put, playing a little, like, fast and loose and trying to get around the system when you take comparisons like what happened with to the left like with the left's response to the allegations made about joe biden during the presidential campaign mm-hmm. versus the allegations made about donald trump during his campaign um his first campaign um i mean i read a lot about the 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 main accuser that accused biden of the worst case and just sort of objectively speaking, I it seemed like there wasn't a lot there. Um, but honestly, the other stuff that had come out where people were upset about him, like kissing people's heads and massaging their shoulders, right. when when the guy doing that is Trump, you see a lot more outrage um, right. than when it's Joe Biden and there's sort of like a, well, he's just old and he that's just the way and, well, he apologized. Well, and... You end up making the situation worse when you refuse to report on that because then it makes it look like maybe there's something yeah. there that you're trying to hide. Well, so it you looks don't like a coordinated your... effort yeah. to try and hide something. Yeah, the New York Times and the Washington Post want every single person that works in those organizations wants Joe Biden to win. Right. And so they all just decide we're not going to report on it. Well, that just makes it either look suspicious or it also damages your credibility because if those same allegations happened to any other person, they would have written a story about it. Oh, for sure. Instead of trying to bury it. And I did see stories. It was, but a lot of times the way they were framed is like this crazy lady made an allegation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, which is just, I mean, on the one hand, it, it did seem like a not super factual, uh, no, it, story. And so you, as a news organization, don't want to present it also as though it's, super reliable when like 
facts may not end up backing that up. So I don't know. It just is one of these things where it's like, if the stakes weren't so high, certainly he would have been on the cancel list, right? But they saw it as an ends justify the means situation. Yeah, if if it had been um, a, a lesser Democratic candidate on the list, and they needed to remove them in order to uh, to, <laughs> or, to push somebody to the top, they would have reported. Or even on it. if it had happened earlier during the primary, I think we would have seen Possibly. the DNC struggling to let's reshuffle and see who. If it was Bernie Sanders, they would have they would have attacked him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I they don't do, even know. They'll do whatever they can to keep that man back. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> no, and so another um, another sort of uh, contrast worth making, I think, is the way the Democrats went after Kavanaugh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, during his hearings versus uh, what's happening now with uh, Cuomo, which seems, mm. again, like the left sort of playing like, maybe it's not so bad, it's maybe okay, he can stay in office, right? Like, I don't right. see a lot of... Uh, I mean, I guess maybe as time has gone on, I do think maybe Nancy Pelosi called on him to resign and he's just like, fuck you. Well, let's, yeah, it could be. Okay, let me let me make this point. So um, this is obviously like a strategy. Bill Maher's talked about this multiple times, but the Republicans have always been better about, I don't even know if I, am I going to cancel for saying circling the wagons? I don't know. <laughs> what? That's a, uh, well, you I circle okay. the wagons to prevent the attacks. from the the indians oh yes canceled (laughs) okay our podcast is canceled ladies and Uh, gentlemen thank you for joining us we need to go flog ourselves on social media i know uh so 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 i'm gonna say anyway they're social they're they're circling (laughs) they're good at circling the wagons coming around building a story and putting it out there yeah the democrats used to be ready to cut somebody loose and they were still even ready to cut somebody loose, like with uh, Al Franken, like right. you just said. Quickly. So, quickly, they were going to be like, no, this is our moral stance. This person breaks the rules. We're going to cut them loose. This is what we do. I think that just in the last few years, they've decided that that's not the thing that they should well, do. Well, Trump has changed the game and the rules so much and that so they feel now that... They would have cut Cuomo loose a few years ago. That they're fighting Nazis. So now, and so when you're fighting Nazis, you have to do whatever it takes, even if those what it takes is wrong, right? Yep. So we're back to the ends justify the means, right? It's so gross. Um, and I just want to I just want to bring that up. So go ahead, go ahead, back to Kavanaugh. Yeah, that that's just. I mean, I think ultimately they've kind of the the allegations are sort of similar. It's not to the level of rape, but it's to the level of like groping or pushing himself on or whatever. The main difference being that Kavanaugh was a drunk frat boy and presumably has never done anything like that since. Uh, nobody has come forward and said, Justice Kavanaugh did this to me. Right. Whereas uh, Cuomo is using his position of power to do this to young, vulnerable women that are trying to be interns just and start in yeah. politics and get jobs working. As... So it's actually 10 times grosser. And yet you see people behaving like Justice Kavanaugh shouldn't be, again, shouldn't be able to have a job because of this. I actually do believe the allegations against him, and I don't think they should prevent him from becoming a Supreme Court justice. I kind of do think his behavior during 
the questioning about it should have prevented it because he behaved really badly and unprofessionally. I mean, he, he definitely <laughs> needs a housekeeping episode where he explains his whininess. <laughs> yeah, and his possible his... how you're going to be an an adult in the Supreme Court when this is how you behave. Yeah, and he used to have problems with alcohol, so maybe he was I don't know what was going on there. Anyway, we don't have to go down the whole yeah, rabbit hole of him, that. but uh, I I that's a kind of similar case where it kind of took the left a little way too long to come after Cuomo. And again, I'm not advocating for canceling people, but some of his behavior is at least like deeply unethical. And at some point we have to hold people in power accountable to an ethical standard. And yeah, so there's that. I don't know what, what the protocols are there if there's impeachments for governors or something, but impeachment is not canceling. It's the structures that we have in place to, that's right. I mean, there's no expectation that as an actor or whatever, you have to curb your speech, even if it's stupid speech. <laughs> but when you're holding a public a, office, a st- when you're at the level of being a state official or yeah, the federal, the high federal government, I mean, yeah, there's there are different uh, standards in place. I'm not saying you have to give up your free speech. I know I'm making that. Well, I'm I mean, not making that point, but Cuomo obviously is doing things that you should not do if you are in any job and you should definitely not do it if you're the governor of a state. Well, yeah, the Me Too allegations are sort of, they're sort of their own case, which is why I wanted to handle them separately because they're not speech. They're they're things that, depending on the level of which, we actually do have laws against. So, um, like we said, some of these people are in jail. I just, you, you do get into that gray area of like, if we're saying some of these people should never work again, um, but we are saying they don't belong in jail. Well, where do they belong? Um, there was a case when the the most recent Predator movie was coming out. I think it was The Predator. Uh, and uh, Olivia Munn found out that one of the actors working on the movie was a friend of the director who had... He was on the sex offender list because he had something. I think he had uh, chatted online with a 12-year-old or something really gross and heinous. Um, but spent time in jail. Everyone in the 90s did that. Served his time and then is out, but he's on the sex offender list. Well, she finds out and wants him fired and gone and not working on this movie. And this goes back to the idea of, well, if he's not working on that movie, where is he working? Is he going to go get a job at the local car dealership or Walmart or something? And now because the women... that's where sex offenders work. <laughs> now the women... Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying oh. some like regular more blue collar job um because i think he was like an equipment person or something now he's gonna go if he's if he gets a job it's gonna be somewhere like that and the women that he's working alongside are not going to have olivia munn's power and privilege to say i don't want to work with this guy um it, it it just pushes the problem onto other people and it it i right I don't know. We have this attitude on a lot of things that people go to jail and they serve their time and we wipe the slate clean. Um, as gross as his behavior was, he did serve his time, right? Yeah. I don't know if you had this on your list, but uh, you know, we're, it's a thing that we might ought to talk about is uh, whether or not there is a way back or if there is forgiveness and when we should let when we should well, forgive maybe people. We should, at once we maybe we should talk about that at the end where okay. we've talked about all the thing, things and ways people get canceled. Yeah. What is the solution for is this? Is there a road back home? 
yeah, is there, or what are the alternatives to canceling somebody? Like, is there a way to, to avoid canceling by making the right moves? Um, cause I think ultimately that would have to be the goal. Um, somebody that is kind of a me too case, but also not is army hammer. Okay. So now he's been accused of raping someone. If that is the case, then he belongs in jail. Um, yep. And this conversation is a different one. But initially, when he was losing all of his film deals and um, his agency representation and being written about uh, everywhere, it was because of messages that he had sent because he has a cannibal fetish, which, gross. But among consenting adults, I always heard we weren't supposed to yuck other people's yums. Okay, and... This is something I'd never heard about before. He doesn't actually eat flesh, though, no. right? He likes to talk about talk it about... and fantasize about it. I wish I could take a bite out of your your arm and drink your blood. It's gross. It is, but it w- <laughs> I mean, every single adult at some point in their life has almost talked about eating a baby. They're like, I'm just going to eat you up. I'm just going to just rip your little legs off and eat them up. Like, I want to say I hope that that's not in a sexual <laughs> It's not, but I'm just saying, if that's cannibalism, then then like 90% of adults have committed a, a yeah. cannibalistic uh, fantasy of some sort by pretending like they're going to eat a little baby up. So, I mean, the reality being, he's not a cannibal. He has a pretty gross, like, fetish. Okay. I mean, okay, let's say his fetish was some other thing that's like not legal or morally like wrong Mm -hmm. but like say he liked women to pretend they're his sister or something right gross but really he can't work anymore like especially if he's doing this with other adults that also get off on this morally he's not doing it at the workplace right yeah i mean okay then there's no then there's no problem (laughs) i do think part of the problem came in where some women were like it actually grossed me out and I didn't like it, but it seems like he went away when people said that to him. Okay. So as long as that rape allegation hadn't come out, which now obviously makes changes things, it was mind boggling to me that he's losing all his jobs and representation and everything. It's like, it just seems so, so, so strange to me. Yeah. And I'll just say that I hope even if he is a rapist, that death of the Nile comes out because it's my favorite Agatha Christie book. And... <laughs> Let's just uh, say that phrase one more time because I had never heard it until you told me. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Yeah. Don't yuck someone I'm else's yum. I'm not a big yum. fan of the, the phrase, a, but I've that's been a weird told phrase, that. But I... You see it a lot in Supernatural fandom pages okay. where people are, uh, they like Wincest or right. or they like uh, the the slash fiction. Um or the Destiel stuff. And, and we're not going to explain any of that. You just have to watch Supernatural. Google it, but be prepared but it to could be, be yucked. But it's yuck. <laughs> but some people think it's yum. And in order for these communities to work and not be a bunch of people telling each other they're disgusting, a lot of the rules on these communities are don't yuck someone else's yum. Just keep scrolling. Yeah. So they're basically being libertarian on that point. Yeah. So. Uh, You're not hurting anybody else. It's just your own and that's you like. I, I, that's a phrase I had always heard mostly from I'll say liberals because again it's yeah. it's sexual open mindedness right if somebody likes to lick feet or pour cheese on genitals or whatever they <laughs> want to do that's <laughs> weird and funky 
you're just supposed to let them. Like nacho jalapeno. Or yeah, like, whatever. Okay. Oh, that's a little stingy. Like some, at the movie theater, dump in your pants. <laughs> in your own pants? <laughs> in the movie hey, theater? don't yuck their yum. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Um, you have some more stuff down here that I, I don't. I don't know about well, this is your stuff on the list. Let's see. Oh, I guess the last preventing people from working case that we wanted that I wanted to talk about was Joss Whedon, um, who it's come out that he's a giant bully and basically a dick to work with. And who though hasn't worked with a bully or a dick, right? He was nice to you at Comic Con. He was super nice to me. He was dancing and he let me take a photo of us twice because because the didn't first work time it messed up. <laughs> Um, anybody any celebrity that lets you take a photo twice is usually not a bad guy just well, saying that's my defense look, of joss whedon i believe that he was a dick to people i think some of the the stuff that that charisma carpenter has said is undoubtedly true and i think he's a huge dick and i think that that people knowing that is worthwhile and i think that people doing whatever they can to correct that kind of behavior. I mean, part of the problem with the film industry is they, they're not like a company with a strong HR department to where you can go and say, Hey, my boss is freaking harassing me. And can somebody make him stop it? Like this is creating a hostile work environment. And then HR talks to him and says, dude, we're going to have to demote you or move you to another department. If you keep acting like this, especially if you're the director or the producer, you are the boss of that movie. Yeah. But, I mean, really, somebody else is producing it, usually, so the money... I mean, there should be structures in place to say, dude, you can't behave this way. This is not the standard that we hold our workplace to. Um, Well, a lot of it has to be self-policing. I mean, you can't always rely on an HR department take care of this stuff. Well, because it doesn't exist in the film industry, so we need something. If other people working on the movie notice it's happening and they all say, hey... This well, yeah, that acceptable. that could have happened. But on the other hand, you're also this is an environment where it is high stress, and I know people look actors are way overpaid for a lot of these blockbuster films and and TV shows, but they're often working sometimes fifteen hours a day. Sometimes they have to shoot at three a.m. Sometimes they're shooting at midnight. Like and there's every single second that they're not doing something, they're losing money. Right. And you got to have, I, and they are the director, they're the boss. There's a lot of weight on their shoulders. And sometimes they probably are a dick to a lot of the actors, but it's the thing they're making and everybody's kind of agreeing to be there. I'm not dismissing like really bad stuff that could happen. Well, but he's, he was really bad to Charisma Carpenter. He told her to get an abortion when she got pregnant. He, he then belittled and berated her and called her fat when she didn't get an abortion and she was pregnant. But oh, yeah, he, I didn't know all that. Okay, well. <laughs> but, I mean, I think work on the level of, say, the Ray Fisher allegations against him, everything that has come out of that investigation with the Justice League, to me, just makes me think Ray Fisher's a whiny little bitch. Like, Isn't Charisma Carpenter hard to work with, though, too? I or am I wrong? No, I don't think that, okay. that I have read that. But you think all that was just, like, completely unsolicited? There was no reason. I mean, he just was like, I'm just going to pick on this woman and just Well, just so rip supposedly, I think she, he didn't, he, he didn't cast her. The network cast her and okay. said, we want her in the show. Um, and kind of forced him to, to cast her as Cordelia. Okay. And so he was kind of mad that he lost that creative control early on and always okay. kind of treated her like a second class citizen on set. But like, okay. 
it got worse and worse towards the end until he fired her, wrote her off the show when she was pregnant. Um, in sort of retaliation for all of that. Well, so. and I'm not saying it's justified, but uh, she also didn't tell anybody, right? Well, so I think you she have may a major have told like him. physical transformation happening to a character. <laughs> And I think she, she initially told him, and that's when he tried to talk her into having an abortion oh. and said, like, get rid of that thing. And then she he just, said, get rid of that thing. Something horrible. Look, <laughs> I don't doubt that he's a dick and somebody needs to have kicked him in the pants. Damn. But he also does make good stuff. I. He does. Uh, that's. I would say that it all the joy that, that other people have have got, like the sum total of that, probably outweighs the oh, t- negative I'm things that here, happened to Chris McCarthy. I'm not here to try to defend <laughs> Joss Whedon. I am here to say it's so weird that we're now like he there we're retroactively making movies to to like create the Justice League without Joss Whedon's stamp on it. Yeah. We've got the Nevers show coming out on HBO that he created and directed and wrote and they're trying to now release it as if it's not connected to Joss Whedon at all after he left the show amidst all of this happening and uh and it's still getting critically firebombed as though it's a Joss Whedon like stand it it's it is just Whedon himself personified in television form and so let's attack this show and uh speaking of this never working again that I, I we talked about this a little bit the um the show the nevers is being totally critically panned um it's a show starring mostly women the remaining writer and director on the show is a woman and they're all people that for whom this is their first big project and now what could have been the beginning of a very good career for a lot of these people is now being stamped on in the name of stamping on Josh Whedon. Yeah. And the opportunities that all of these women may have had are potentially being lost. And that's just an extra level of shitty. So yeah, we may have exhausted the not allowed to work anymore um, portion of canceling. Okay, so, I mean, I think we talked about some of the main cases with, like, people either getting harassed on Twitter um, or actually um, being fired or tried tried to have people trying to have people fired, um, people losing work. Um, some other stuff that is sort of tangential to the canceling of people individually trying to work is... This idea, this phenomenon of trying to block um, stuff from being published. So, like, even stuff that's not even out yet, people get wind of it and they try to block it from being released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so you have a few examples here. I was thinking of a couple things. Like, again, so many of these things that are being blocked, I mean, it's being blocked by people on the left is what we're kind of focusing on here. I haven't yeah. heard of anything mainstream that's being blocked by the right from being published or, or put out right now. Well, uh, yeah, right now I would say like we talked about it happening on the right previously, I would say it happened like to the Dixie chicks. It did. They basically had to try to go outside of country music to get another album produced um, because all the conservative people didn't want to work with them anymore. And would all the radio stations banded together to agree not to play their songs. I mean, the right likes to make fun of the left a lot, but they do do this. Yep. And it's just as gross. Yep. 
there was a um like I, I don't really know what I think about this guy, Andy No. Oh, the right. one who always is um anti antifa he's anti antifa <laughs> he's uh always out there yeah in portland filming them and stuff and i think that he kind of gets up in their faces to try to like provoke them a little bit sort of response so that he has something to say oh yeah. they were violent to me i still don't think he's wrong about the the threat them being that, violent that yeah. they that they that they pose but like well anybody that goes out i'm sorry wearing a mask is not up to any good i i know all these, oh. <laughs> all these hundreds of billions of people wearing their masks right now. Okay, I'm talking about a real specific kind of mask. Oh, okay. I realize how that sounded. <laughs> all those fuckers out there with masks on. I know it. All the honest people are in Florida right now. Um, so <laughs> The last bastion of goodness in humanity down there with their bare faces. I know it. Uh, so. Obviously, we're kidding. Wear your mask. <laughs> So uh, in in Portland, like Powell's bookstore was going to uh, like launch help launch his book or like I mean just put it on the shelves and like they had enough protesters out front to like prevent the book from prevent the book from being sold. And I'm just thinking, this is this is not my these are not my liberals. These are not the liberals I'm looking for. I I don't I don't know what's going on. So yeah, people are trying to block things from actually happening. there's a there's a yeah, case. Just don't buy the this damn one's... book, right? Like to to just say like it shouldn't even be in print. Shouldn't even I mean, exist. there's this whole other. I was gonna just give one. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Uh, just recently, um, so probably like one of the groups in the country that probably has a, so a, the most stigma around it and is kind of fighting for a lot of different rights that other people have is is the trans community, right? Right. And. So it's a community that's been historically marginalized. And there's so many things to talk about. We're not going to get all into the trans stuff. But uh, there are also people who were trans and they're trying to detransition. Mm-hmm. Which to me is a another subset of trans that's even smaller and probably even and probably more, marginalized. Few, more marginalized. And uh, 60 Minutes, I believe, was going to do a special on the people who detransition and apparently now there's enough pushback from the trans community and trans activists i shouldn't say trans community because i don't i'm not going to equate all the non-activists in there there are plenty of non-activist trans people but i'm I'm actually the activist most of the trans activists are not trans i i I, yeah i i just it's, suspect that it's just a general thing, but I have seen people post online, trans people posting online, like I don't appreciate this kind of behavior. Right. And that's not to say all trans people feel that way, but right. I suspect a huge part of the the trans movement online is woke, non trans yeah. cis people. Yeah. Trying to fight for the cause. Yeah. So they. So anyway, the activists have basically put enough pressure on sixty minutes where they won't even show the special now unbelievable <laughs> yeah so go on with your example Those well i mean that my top example here was this book by abigail schreier irreversible damage the transgender craze seducing our daughters which is a book that i think was they attempted to stop it from being published it's actually really fucking hard to find i couldn't remember what it was called and it's hard to find on Amazon. Like I'm, yeah, search engines I'm and stuff pretty, will direct you away from it. I'm pretty to... sure that they, even when you search for it by title, they bump a couple of um, more pro-trans titles ahead of it just 
um, just to prevent people from from finding this as easily, uh, just to just discourage uh, consumption of this book. But it's basically a book that was written by a journalist, not somebody that set out to write an anti-trans book at all. And I didn't write an anti-trans book. It's just a research book about the uptick in the number of um, young girls who are claiming young to girls be trans. trans yeah transitioning um and how how just in the recent couple last couple decades how much that number has gone up and then trying to analyze why that is is it just easier for people to come out now were this number of people always trans and it it wasn't um it just they weren't coming out because they weren't, didn't feel safe to. Um, that's the one explanation, but there there are other explanations. I mean, young girls are so um, vulnerable to like self harm and, and other things and body mm-hmm. dysmorphia and eating disorders and cutting and all of these things and just questioning whether there's some element of that at play, um, peer pressure, all of these things. And I don't even think the author necessarily draws conclusions like I said she's a journalist and it's like a research text just kind of asking these questions and she's labeled a transphobe and the book gets kind of it wasn't blocked from publication but I think um it gets as deprioritized as they can and I I do think people did attempt it to stop it from coming out well it was so radioactive that I even heard Jordan Peterson say that he was uh terrified to talk to her on a podcast <laughs> jordan peterson was terrified then that's pretty fucking insane then that means that uh there's a lot of uh you know a lot of people out for her so another example the the diary of a wimpy kid author his new book was just dropped i think um there were accusations that some of the art in there was anti-Asian or bordering on caricature and so he's doing like an apology tour now and the book isn't even wasn't even released it's Um, probably something that a million people would have read and two would have even noticed anything if anything was actually even there well yeah I mean it was just I mean also probably a product of bad timing right now that would be the worst kind of imagery to include well isn't it kind of hard to believe that something like Again, we haven't seen the book, but Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is a national phenomenon, maybe even international. There's Macy's Day Parade floats, movies, movies, and suddenly the author decides to become a bigot and put it in his book. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I think someone's probably seeing something there that doesn't really exist. That would yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. That would be my but I mean, null he, hypothesis. He's apologizing, so. Well, you have to apologize. There's no yeah. way around it. You it's to... insane to me that he's apologizing for something that is never going to exist. Like this thing, like someone flagged it and said, you know what? Um, we we don't love this. We're not going to publish it. Which, I mean, I think we're what we're talking about is whether or not that is valid. The mm-hmm. canceling of, of things that were going to come out and then not. But then to have to apologize for the thing that doesn't even exist now. Like the only people that even will see it or have seen it are the people who were going to publish it and decided not to. Yeah. And obviously anybody that's publishing things can do do or not do that for whatever reasons they want. But it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just this whole bizarre thing. Um, oh, Senator Hawley's book was dropped by Simon & Schuster. 
Okay. I mean, fuck that guy, but it's it's just like the Capitol riots happen, and it's like you're out of here. We don't want your stinking book. Yeah, we we shouldn't. We should never know what a senator of the United States is thinking. Oh yeah. We should keep all their thoughts in their head. Never let us know what they're gonna do next or think or believe. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where we're actually doing ourselves a disservice by not getting whatever insight we can into the way this crazy guy person thinks. thinking. Yeah. So, um, Woody Allen's book was recently dropped. There's and new... even if they are a crazy person, there might be something good in there for it. Somebody, he might say something that's useful. That's true. Um, at the I mean. He's one of these senators that people hadn't heard of that much until Everybody recently. Everybody can't and, just be one thing. Well, that's, that's And that's true. what all this whole subject that we're talking about comes down to is we're reducing someone Human who's beings. potentially 50 years of life and all their experiences and all they've ever done, good and bad, and every relationship thing they think, we're reducing it all down to potentially a single thing that they've said out loud. That's, yes. That's what we're doing right now. Go on. Yeah. Well, Woody <laughs> Allen's book was dropped. This is a situation that keeps popping back up, and certain actors over the years will condemn him. There's never been like a successful full cancellation of Woody Allen, and I suspect it's one of these like situations where people like what he creates so much they can't quite bring themselves to come to terms with it. But mm-hmm. This may be almost close to the final nail in the coffin. He's if his old books now, are getting right? canceled, then maybe he's not going to be able to make any more movies either. Um, yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, who's always walking the line of being <laughs> canceled, has publicly defended him a number of times. So, um, I mean, this is another one where I think people would definitely have liked to have blocked publication, but she's just too... She's definitely too big to be touched is J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. So she made some comments this summer, this last summer, about uh, trans issues. And her essay had some really uh, just nonsense bits about men trying to sneak into bathrooms. And I, for the life of me, can't wrap my head around why why people think that's the biggest concern of the trans uh any trans issues but but well, largely I mean, it's obviously that's like that's the thing that's like way overblown like you like you said so we've overblown. talked about before like if a man wants to go in the restroom he can go in there right now as yeah. a man uh so anyway she she talks a little bit about that which i think is the main takeaway most people had from that essay but in in total the essay was more about like sort of um lesbian and women's rights and and just sort of like taking away from some people's identities um in order to protect other people's identities and and she does make some valid points and she does make some points that i think are frankly a little hysterical but um Even but anyway hysterical but... is uh not a thing you're supposed to say <laughs> if we remove her your, your uterus that that's a cure for the hysteria <laughs> her, her wandering uterus is making her transphobic <laughs> Uh, for people that don't know the the origin of the word <laughs> hysteria is because doctors thought that the the word the root hyster like from hysterectomy is about the uterus and women were uh, diagnosed with having hysteria if their uterus was supposedly moving around according to doctors. <laughs> <laughs> We're not suggesting people's uteruses be revoked. We're making a joke about okay. the etymology of the word hysteria. 
hysteria. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the internet went crazy. They tried to cancel her. Her new book was coming out, and there's a side character that was a man that cross-dressed in order to lure women into a sense of security, and he was mm. a serial killer. Um, he's not even that big of a character, and he's certainly not painted as trans. He did what many serial killers have been known to do and tried to make himself look as non-threatening as possible. And sometimes that involves uh, cross-dressing so that women don't perceive a threat. So Ted Bundy did, I don't think he cross-dressed, but he used to wear his arm in a sling, stuff like that. So anyway, people wanted the book pulled from the shelves. It's a transphobic book now because a character that occupies about 10 pages of the book in total (laughs) wore a dress. To lull woman into a sense of security. If anything, it says something kind of shitty about straight men. Because I don't <laughs> think we know of any uh, trans or gay serial killer. Well, no, they're gay, yes, but yeah. trans, no. Not that we know of yet, but they will be full citizens once we become our, get our first <laughs> once trans. Once they get their serial killer. Yes. Producer anyway, serial killer. I think J.K. Rowling is just the legacy of Harry Potter is too big to be toppled, I think. And fortunately, yeah, I mean, how can you, again, if we're going to talk about what some people used to call the whole man theory, she's produced a series of books that has produced so much joy for people around the planet. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to just like try to get rid of all of that just because she has a view that's a little bit different. On tra- and she's not even a she's not even a transphobe. She's not against she's not against taking away no, trans she people's rights. Take rights or she's just them. saying she let's have a conversation. Yeah, she, she uses people's pronouns. She's just saying let's have a conversation about this one thing that concerns me, and that's totally valid. And about right? being able to use the word woman to define somebody who has a vagina, like and I, this I, is something that most people in the world think about too and then we can't just not talk about it yeah i don't super want to go down yeah, the whole conversation of of trans rights because obviously we we want to respect people and their identities and stuff too and it's a complicated thing but just by talking about it uh, you're kind of opening the door for people to see you uh certain ways this is one of those yeah, so- uh totally inflammatory topics that you almost can't discuss which frankly is shitty like yeah um i think uh moving on from people trying to prevent publication of stuff that doesn't exist yet we um we also have started seeing this phenomenon of trying to redact culture that already exists like try to pretend it never existed and remove it from the record Mm -hmm. and this one's kind of upsetting to me the most because I worry about like losing part of our history almost mm-hmm. like certain things. Someone's going to say statues. Oh, I didn't even put <laughs> statues on here. I don't think. I don't but... even want to talk about statues. I'm so sick of statues. Well, statues are, they're just statues. Yeah. I mean, probably where these yeah. are, there's bigger, there's a bigger thing, bigger, uh, things at work here. When yeah. We're talking I mean... about trying to, pretend like something never happened yeah that's different i mean if we're talking about books which is what we were talking about previously um we had uh dr seuss in the news recently three of his books the publisher has said they're no longer going to print them 
Um, How many of the books? Three of his books. And they weren't actually ones that I had ever heard of. So maybe we're not going to be missing that much if they're no longer in print. But then the hysteria got so high that uh, like eBay and Amazon and places were preventing the the secondhand sale of these books, which is totally mind boggling to me. Like if somebody was like, oh, I, I was just eight books short of completing my Dr. Seuss catalog and I wanted them. <laughs> now they can't even buy them uh, online uh, used, which is, that's You could probably do totally it on Craigslist. Craigslist, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, the... You could also get a, a Raider Slider Turtle probably thrown in for free or something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, one of the... I mean, getting into why they're canceled. I mean, I think some of them had some pretty caricature um, drawings of um, of African characters or black characters. And, and they said that there were some weird caricatures of uh, oh, Asian Asians. people as yes. well. Yeah, the the one of the ones was canceled. I read an article about why was this one canceled, and the the um, the best they could come up with is there's Eskimo fish, and the fish have little parkas on. Um, That's just cute. Well, Isn't it? I, yeah, I mean, remember Eskimo Pie dropped the name Eskimo this summer, so I think maybe it's just simply using I mean, the word I've, Eskimo. I've offensive. been saying Inuit for a long time. I don't even know why. I just know that that's the <laughs> that's right the thing to say. That's the word that people say now, yeah. But so, um, when it comes to things like Dr. Seuss books that were hand-drawn in the early 20th century... Uh, it, this is also a problem. This is a problem with illustration in general is that when you illustrate something with, that's not like a still life, true to form, you do have to make like slight exaggerations in order to know what you're looking at. Because honestly, if you try to draw any person and want to make them from a particular place on the planet or from a particular population, you're going to have to draw something that accentuates some of those characters so people know what you're talking about. Well, I, I mean, I think there's probably don't even know. a was, lens under which Was you could Dr. Look Seuss at... actually anti... Was he a racist? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, there's probably a lens under which somebody could, with the right or wrong outlook, look at a movie like Soul and call that animation racist. Or yeah, they, the, the, yeah, the African-American features on those characters are look fairly accentuated i think where you could tell you could tell what they were without with that with if it was a black and white like it's black and white if it was line drawings you could tell i think where they get away with it is they they had black animators working on it so uh, they (laughs) then it's fine okay um but i I don't know i mean with the dr seuss thing you you do worry a little bit i don't want to totally make a slippery slope argument but i did see it happening where people I saw the an article where the cat in the hat was was racist and he's wearing blackface. Never mind that he's a black cat a black with a white cat face. With a white face with black face. Okay. <laughs> and then they had this whole extended metaphor about when he puts ink all over the walls in the end, it's some kind of racist thing. And then because the black ink is his blackness and this and that, and then they had to issue a correction because it's pink ink. And it's like well, <laughs> Does your argument make any sense even then? So I do worry about things that are actually like, like the three Dr. Seuss books that were canceled. Again, we never heard of them. So maybe it's not a great historical loss. But if the can the hat gets canceled, that's 
a cherished part of a lot of our childhoods. And it and, is, it does seem like a shame to start painting with that kind of broad brush. Well, and the most infuriating thing is that this is something that we all know is fine, but we have to pretend like it's not. Yeah. And it's, that that's really what, what's so infuriating. Well, Before then, you go to your other examples. Well, ironically, the cat in the hat has been trying to be canceled before by the right because the cat was seen as some kind of communist kind of uh, manifesto <laughs> where he comes in and he upends the traditional power structures of the community and creates anarchy through <sighs> and and so it's like we'll pick one <laughs> why is the cat in the head i think people? you told me about that and i think that my response was that, that we have too many people like trying to uh like it's like it's like when you're in college and you're in English class and you're supposed to criticize something, oh, criticize right. some piece, and you end up just making up all kinds of stuff, but there's nothing there. That's what they're doing. Well, I mean, you, tr you're trying you to see... see significance in things where there is no significance. There's Another sometimes maybe he picked those colors in the book because they were cheap and easy to print in the in that time, and yeah. then we're gonna act like oh he meant something by putting red on this on this part of the the wall or whatever yeah. like. That makes no sense. Well, another one where we sent, we've seen the script flipped is Pocahontas, which when it came out, the right hated and thought it was some hippy dippy nature loving oh, yeah. bullshit and didn't want the children of America brainwashed yeah. to think that trees have souls. We didn't and, want them to. We we wanted them to love acid rain. And uh, now you see it being on the shit list on the on the left and. Um, because it's offensive to Native Americans. Uh, the This is one of the other things that we've seen as uh, trying to kind of cancel stuff after the fact. A whole swath of Disney movies, including Pocahontas and Dumbo and uh, Lady and the Tramp, are now no longer available on the kids' version of Disney+. Plus. So you have to log in as an adult for those titles to be available. <laughs> Because I, because Dumbo has some racist crows. I mean, they they are. It's kind of it, like not something that would get made today. It is right. kind of like whoa. Um, but it but it is kind of crazy to just say now Disney. I can envision a future where Disney wants to say actually these don't exist at all and you can't even have them on an account. Oh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they go in the vault as they used to say forever yeah. it's um you know before you do your i see you have some other examples here i was just thinking right. that this is unsustainable right because <laughs> first off every single person that's alive right now is going to seem like someone uh, who should be canceled at some point in the future in the future so it, it, the this idea that we have to go back and change things rather than just let them be what they are and learn from them, accept well, them, the thing, interpret them, wrestle with them. them. It's if we don't ever see how far we've come or the ways in which we've learned and grown, like it's hard to recognize the progress that we've made. So it, to some extent, it is important to. I mean, you watch a movie like Birth of a Nation and you understand racism more. Right. right. Like you understand that not that long ago, a movie like that could get made and be wildly popular where the KKK are the heroes and the, the black men are eating watermelon and fried chicken in a courtroom. Yeah. Like you appreciate and understand 
how terrible things were in the very near past. And, and it's worth understanding that. It's worth seeing it with your own eyes. Yeah, you could you could imagine just from a standpoint where you need this stuff to be around so that you can um, you can actually like point to something and say that is racist and that's how we know what racism is because this existed. Right. And without that, where where is your yardstick for measuring it? And then again, you could get rid of it and you can imagine getting to some point in the future where you could actually you could lie about the past and you could say like well, actually, things are just as bad now as they've ever been, but we have no record of, of knowing yeah. what it was like in the past. And and I think this is something that Douglas Murray talk, talked about in his latest book, Madness of Crowds, is that we kind of, we're not only erasing these things, we are some a lot of times changing, uh, we're, we're changing the past, even though we know that what we're changing it into is not reflective of what it was. And he talks about some different examples of he had like of admiring um, like some African-American singers and things like that when he was a kid, like in the seventies and eighties. But then you can meet your average woke person and they'll say that no black person was ever allowed to get famous until now. And it's only very rare or, and it's like, we know that's false, right? We know that when even we were kids, we know that, uh, have we talked about this already on the podcast? I don't, I don't know. Uh, if we, we might have to go back. And listen. No, I don't think specifically that anecdote for sure. No. Okay. Well, I was just uh, when he was talking about that, I was thinking that uh, when I was a kid, if you asked me like who the most famous people in the world were, I would have said Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Oprah Winfrey, yeah, Bill Cosby. I I watched the Cosby Show. I watched Michael Jordan play basketball. I watched Michael Jackson videos. I listened to the music. I, my mom was watching Oprah <laughs> when I was a kid. And then you want to tell me that like, that I, look, and I'm not discounting like the fact that they have had disproportionate discrimination against them throughout time and still in some ways do now, but it's like, we can't rewrite the past and say this stuff didn't exist. Yeah. We're never going to get anywhere on progress. We got to know where we right. came from. I think I've brought that example up in the first episode. It is possible that you did. I know that we have talked about it, but it's okay. hard sometimes to remember what we have talked about I know. and what we've talked about on the podcast because oftentimes we bring conversations that we've had to the podcast and sort of recreate it. I mean, we enjoy talking about this stuff, yeah. talking shit to death, as I said in the first episode. Yeah. Um, we have some other examples. Um, it, this has been done with like TV episodes um series have like removed episodes from their catalog on streaming services so the simpsons um, removed big... michael jackson episode oh, the... but well, actually michael jackson is an interesting case because he probably actually the simpsons deserves... creators removed it he probably deserves to be canceled or in jail but he's dead so what is the moral point of canceling a dead man i don't know <laughs> so, um, it makes you virtuous yeah I mean, he's also somebody that, like, his talent is so big that it's hard to justify mm-hmm. um, canceling him. And then maybe the fact of him being dead makes people go, well, I'm just not going to think about it. Um, but there was a there was a swath of blackface episodes that got removed from a bunch of series over the summer. Uh, Community, 30 Rock, The Office. Uh, I can't remember if there were others. Always Sunny? Did Always Sunny in Philadelphia have some? Yep. 
Um, and again, they're missing the point. All these shows that you just mentioned are created by liberal New Yorkers and LA, like people from LA. They're not people well, who condone blackface. And often the, the joke, target of the joke is people that do blackface, right? The yes, joke we, is look at this dumbass doing blackface. Exactly. Except you, in the case of Community, which is not even blackface. Oh, that wasn't even blackface. <laughs> he was dressed up like a, a Dungeon he was Dragons kind of character elf or something. Thing. And he looks like he's painted tar black. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, there was nothing. And he had ears. Like, there was nothing yeah. at all to even think he was supposed to be African American. But. It's like these these people are are pointing out just how ridiculous it is. Just like you said, they're not making fun of black people. They're they're making fun of people who would do this. That's, who would make fun? Of it, it's Ricky Gervais makes fun of people all the time that get mad at his jokes, and yeah. he says you're mistaking the target of or you're mistaking the subject of the joke for the target of the joke. Yeah, and I mean people, I, I guess they're not smart enough to get it. Uh, they're not. That's why so. they don't watch Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Uh, watch Ricky Gervais, everybody. His Netflix special is amazing. Um, I saw just a couple weeks ago, SpongeBob removed a bunch of episodes that they decided were inappropriate for kids. I actually don't know the context of that, but they just retroactively decided, you know what? I, I kind of want to say SpongeBob isn't for kids. So why why are we removing stuff from the catalog that's not totally kid appropriate it's for kids and adults is the that's the beauty well, yeah, of it. it's so, like animaniacs like, so maybe it's one of those things maybe your kids shouldn't watch this episode but that's for i feel like that's for parents to decide not for to like let's just erase parts of this show yeah we don't need tv executives trying to parent yeah gross um we talked about this the erasure of characters so pepe le pieu does not get to exist in the new Space Jam movie. Uh, I have... He, he attacked that cat without her consent. It's not acceptable. He's basically Harvey Weinstein. What? what? <laughs> it's a different culture, Krista. You must respect their cultures. It's not funny. They have, they have... They smoke. They drink. They wear perfume. They come on strong. I mean, they have I, all that all that Latin. I la- want to say the that Latin, I, the Latin romance language of love, all that stuff. So I want to say, all, as a child, I never felt like Pepe was reinforcing rape culture or something. But and you do always feel sorry for the cat, and pretty much he just wants to hug her. He's it's not violent. Yeah, and he thinks she's a skunk. Yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> Or her fault. It's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> Look, we don't need to defend Pepe Le Pew to argue that he's not so harmful and and his episodes can exist, that we don't need to remove them and erase them from history. Do you think that it's possible to actually document and quantify harm that is caused by Pepe Le Pew as a cartoon <laughs> character? If I someone if think... someone could do that, then I might listen to you. But if you're just if, unless, until you can quantify the harm done by popular view, then I, I'm not going to. I mean, actually, m- time and again, it. studies show that the harm done from media is is so minimal. I mean, there was this whole thing in the 80s where violent TV and video games was causing school shootings and. Every study in the world has shown that that's just bullshit. So if Pepe Le Pew caused anybody to be confused about consent, I would also be surprised. <laughs> um, Speedy Gonzalez is another one that I don't andale, think... Andale. 
I don't think they released any kind of statements about him, but we were browsing the Looney Tunes catalog on HBO and he's just not there. are missing episodes. You go through, it'll be be like episode 13 is gone, but you go straight through 12, 14. They don't even tell you. Don't even tell you why it's gone, but it's because Speedy Gonzalez was in that episode. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, living in Southern California, we, we have a lot of friends from Mexico and Central America and know a lot of people. You're not allowed to say I have friends that... (laughs) That's therefore the you've already negated your point oh man i'm not high brown anymore uh no what what i was gonna say is that i've never had any of them complain to me about about speedy gonzalez before i'm I mean, just saying we could ask them just because it's never come up doesn't mean they don't find him offensive my point would be he can be offensive and also we don't have to delete his episodes right again it goes back to the this is a thing that was part of a thing that we created we can talk about the ways in which we might want to avoid those kind of stereotypes. Now we can talk about the ways in which, in which that's not representative of the best of our comedy or whatever, but I just don't like this. Let's just delete it. And then we don't have to talk about it. I I mean, look, there's two arguments, right? I mean, you could have the argument that he he's just fine. But the more important argument should be, even if he's not fine, do we want to just erase it and pretend it never happened? And I would say no. Yeah, that's two different. You're right. There's two different points. And for sure, do not erase him. <laughs> that you could literally do it with a pencil, at the back end of a pencil. <laughs> um, we've seen this with music. Uh, Lady Gaga had a, on her third studio album, I think, she had a um, duet with R. Kelly. Which, um, why would you do that anyway? I know. Because Ed- she was trying to be... Edgy. Edgy. And then she got too edgy, I guess. And then, I, look, it's not that good of a song. It's I not. don't find R. Kelly to be... The what the version she does with Christina is way better, right? Yeah, she has a version, a, ver- a version with Christina Aguilera, and then she has a version that's just her. Mm-hmm. And uh, R. Kelly's completely unnecessary. But it's crazy to me... That unless you bought a physical copy of that album at some point, you now that song no longer exists in its original form. Yeah, um, and what what that comes down to is also kind of scary. Is that yeah, we're erasing this stuff, but who gets to decide? Especially when it comes to something well, like she music. decided. No, but, and it's hers. So okay, I mean, but it's not hers. That... Like okay, she doesn't own. Okay, she owns the rights to it, but she doesn't own the right to prevent people from listening to it. Yeah, it is. You it don't, is you a don't really get to do thing. that. And we are living in this world now where, like as I mentioned, if you have a physical copy of that album, then you have that version. We're living in a world where more and more we don't own physical copies of things. It's digital. So we live in a world where you could buy digitally on Amazon a full library of Looney, the Looney Tunes. Tunes. <laughs> and then somewhere, someone, and I don't think this happens yet, but it could, decides. Pepe and and uh, Speedy are bad, and they update your content to no longer include things that you purchased. Mm-hmm. Your your Lady Gaga album, if you bought it well, digitally, even the streaming services. I've signed up for the catalog that was there. When we, for example, Community, when we we started watching Community, that episode was actually still on there. By yeah. the time we got to that season and episode, they had decided to remove it. Right. I mean... Again, that wasn't even blackface. 
Yeah. Well, we did have to go buy that episode so that we could watch it because we wanted to see what the fuss was about. And I was more confused after watching it that, that people were upset. It's also a pretty great episode yeah. with some character arc stuff that actually was... like detracts from the show to yeah. have missed it. Yeah. Um, oh, the um, going back to books, they... The Amanda Gorman's book of poetry, as that she was the the poet that uh, read at Biden's inauguration, and her book of poetry was set up to be translated into multiple languages, and then they basically canceled the translation in two countries because the person translating it, I think, into Dutch, mm-hmm. was not black, and they said that <laughs> there was some thing where it should only be translated by black translators which becomes increasingly difficult as you go into northern europe well and if anyone's ever watched bbc or listening thing where there are black people I mean, i'm just using the english example i can't tell the difference if it's a black or white person that's reading the news and then or on tv you know right you li- you're like oh okay they just have an english accent i'm sure this, this person is, just sounds dutch this is a case where it's not a person getting canceled exactly Although someone did lose a job. Someone lost a job. Uh, but for sort of a really strange reason. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could say, well, do you want someone with a similar experience to be translating it? Well, a black person in the Netherlands does not have the same experience as a black person in the United States. And there's a lot of ways in which you could argue a white person in West Virginia has a more similar experience to Amanda Gorman. And I, <laughs> yeah, what, like take Ayan Hirsi Ali. Uh, she's from Western Africa, went to the Netherlands. She doesn't have anything in common with a black person who's, you know, been in Los Angeles for five generations. Right. Zero. Just so, because they have a little, they have somewhat similar melanin in their skin and that's about it. Yeah. So, that's sort of a weird, sort of te- tangentially related yeah, to cancel so. culture, and that 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 those translations were canceled, and it may even mean that those translations don't happen because how do you always find the the, the qualified person who also has the right set of the experiences did, and or identity checkboxes? Did they quantify that? the like the did they, the actual color of the skin that it had to that they had to be in order to read her poetry? <laughs> I, I mean, know. that's where you have to take this logically, right? Like. What happens when the two people who say that they are uh, African Dutch with African descent are going to translate this? And they walk in. Are they going to say one person's not black enough? Like, how do you I do don't, it? Yeah, I don't know. And I suspect it's, that this started on social media with a oh, they hired a white translator. How dare they? And then there's some outrage, and then the publisher goes, "Oh, we got to do something different." I yeah. I don't even know how something like this originates, but it it feels like a very internet outragey origins moment and again who's the audience of amanda gorman i mean it's not the people everybody right like (laughs) as a poet does she only want 12 percent of the population to read her book or is she trying to reach everybody on a human level yeah um okay we also talked we we wanted to talk a little bit about people that they are having credit removed after the fact so mm. harvey weinstein weinstein mm. human bag of shit criminal in jail um 
but we're seeing that retroactively they're removing his name from movies that he produced. Like, it's just a fact that he produced it. Yeah. Um, and you can't change that by removing his name from it, but they're doing it. Yeah. I've seen in, um, even the entomology community, I've seen some people wanting to take the names of authors off of papers who've committed any type of crime, especially crimes around, um, of sexual nature or, and I'm not even talking about crimes that even resulted in going to jail crimes that were, you know, sexual harassment or, or transgressions, transgressions, crimes. transgressions of any kind. Yeah. It's like saying that they should take their names off of papers that they published. Like, how does that, I don't yeah, if they didn't write it or contribute to it. Did it spontaneously come into existence? And if you really want to, say that they don't deserve credit then that paper probably should just be removed from the body of literature on a subject yeah how does that make (laughs) uh, that doesn't make any sense yeah i've seen discussion around um changing um species names because some scientific names can include what are called patronyms and that's where you name it after a person often it's done it's done more actually it's been done more recently like people are naming them after like famous people to try to get you know, like maybe some recognition. Oh, right. There's or, a Beyonce beetle. Yeah, there's there. Uh, that was, that was the, the fly. Oh, a fly. That had a, that had a big booty. <laughs> His booty. <laughs> uh, and uh, so as you, if you're going to name stuff after people, of course, people are imperfect and things are going to happen. And then, in fact, there was a beetle even named after Hitler at one point. Oh, and was it uh, an evil beetle or was it an honorific? Well, I, 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 I don't know. I think it was probably honorific at the time. It was before oh. World War II, okay. before, before the Holocaust. Uh, but this, is, this, this brings up so many problems if you start doing this. First off, in the scientific literature, the names are part of the permanent record. Like This is how you trace uh, these species and how you know it, it, it would just cause without going into all the details it would cause enormous confusion if you could just start doing this first off who gets to decide how you're going to change this there's a there's a moth named after donald trump but it was actually because they were kind of making fun Does of his hair wig? Uh, okay the wig there are there are things named after obama it's like what if what are we going to do? Start a petition? What if people hate Obama and they said that he was the worst president ever and it, what, we're going to change the name of that? Like, so you can't do it. It's, it, that's a big problem. Um, the other problem I think with like this changing the names is like, we think there might be as many as like 5.5 million different species of insects alive right now. What's the chances that anybody ever even comes across one of these names? Like, I guarantee you that Almost well, nobody in the planet knows that there's a beetle named after Hitler, except for a few entomologists. If they didn't say anything, nobody would ever even know. Nobody cares. <laughs> really, nobody right. cares at all. So we just have to we just have to get over that. It's unfortunate that there's a beetle named after Hitler, but really, who cares? You know what we should really do is is eradicate that beetle. Once it's extinct, then it's not a problem. <laughs> the name will still exist. This is the cancellation. I guess we could destroy all the specimens in the museums. 
right. that have that have the name. If on you it. really want to cancel Hitler Beetle, this is the way. Yeah, you know, there are other unfortunate names like um, uh, there's like derogatory terms that Arabs used to use for black people in Africa, like um, like kafir. I think is a bad word. I don't know if I should say that or saying well, it right. In the U.S., it's a brand of yogurt. but uh drink so it's okay but there were lots of insects that were like something something genus you know genus name species of like cafra because it's like because they were black Mm. and it's like yeah problematic af yeah it's unfortunate that it happened but the intentions are what matters now nobody now is is uh holding that up as like this is awesome because we now we have a racist like insect name. No, but, well, like, if anything, it's a lesson to be careful when you're naming and be future thinking. Yeah. And if we don't have these examples of things that like look at this thing that we fucked up, then then you're just gonna fuck up more in the future. I mean, yep. I was thinking about this as you were talking about it earlier. Germany does not shy away from its role in the Holocaust and. Everything. If you go and visit Germany, they have Holocaust memorials. They have empty like bookshelves memorializing all the books that were burned. And I think it's like they recognize the importance of looking your past self in the face and recognizing the worst that you can be in order mm-hmm. to not be so bad ever again. Yeah. And I think it's important. Yeah. So I think you erase these things and you you erase a lot more than just an episode or two of Speeding Gonzalez. <laughs> yep. Where is this going to go? If yeah, we keep going I, this direction? The consequences if we keep doing this stuff, if people keep getting fired and harassed on social media and um, you pushed out up, of publishing. You brought up the example that Ben Shapiro said that he was going to make a movie and let Gina Carano star in it. So, uh, well, (laughs) do we not need that? We don't need that. I mean, well, we should have it, but it's just not going to be good. But this is, but this is what we're, this is what's happening is that we're just going to end up having separate media companies. There's going to be media companies for the woke and there's going to be media companies for other people and they're not going to overlap. And we're going to further and further isolate ourselves and, become more and more extreme in our inability to d- have discourse between the the two sides. That's really unfortunate. I mean, and we talked about in our first episode that sometimes you try to create alternative platforms and based on monopolies and whatnot, the you can squash these things from even getting life. So that's a problem too. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as writers and editors have been canceled from the New York Times, they they join Substack or get a Patreon account and start a podcast or um, what is the, the, is it Clubhouse where they have like kind of town hall discussions mm-hmm. that are invite only. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think right now people see that as sort of like a viable um alternative to having to exist within these super regulated and uh censored places but ultimately i think it's a it's a big problem because we go if we keep going down this road of like 
we can't even talk to each other. Like, I, I'm so anti the movie Pocahontas that if you ever even watched it, we can't be friends. <laughs> I, we're, we're already so shitty to each other, and I kind of just wish we'd figure out a way to not be shitty. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't think that this will last for a long time. If I can be optimistic, I think it's going to, uh, it, it'll fizzle Come out. Yeah, it, it, you can't keep going because, like we just said, you could you can just keep on finding more and more trivial examples of things to get upset about, till eventually every single thing that exists in our lives you could spin some story about how it's problematic, and we can't keep going that direction, and we won't keep going that direction. It'll it'll have to stop. I do think that this past year has made things seem worse too, as many of us have been home and unable to communicate face to face about a lot of things. Um, I think that's part of what led to the riots being so bad this summer and then the Capitol riots following that and just social media just reaching like peak toxicity levels. Um, hopefully as we, enter the real world world and can people can see when we're smiling again then the world will start to be a little bit of a better place again yeah just uh the one thing that we said that we would come back to is how um how do we uh is there a road back for these people that have been canceled or that we've decided are terrible somebody that everybody wants fired um how as a society do we figure out a way that either they they can take XYZ actions and then they're uncanceled or they're canceled and then they we take a certain amount of time and they do certain actions and then we they can be redeemed almost as coming out of their their banishment or something. Um, I think ideally we go with the first one that they can take actions to prevent being canceled in the first place, but is that feasible? Well, you're you're assuming that they did something bad already, so maybe we need to go even one step before that and just oh, realize that, that maybe people uh, are people... getting a little too upset about things that aren't even that big okay, of a deal. Well, that. So I would say that if we just had to do one thing, it's just step back and consider whether or not you've really been victimized. Or if you've just been told that you're a victim. These are the hardest problems to solve and because we got to get everybody on board, right? If you really haven't been victimized, maybe there's no... Canceling necessary. There's no canceling necessary. Yeah, in a, in a perfect world, that for sure would be and, the case. But there's also this problem of someone commits a crime. But before that, though, it just we also just, like we said earlier, they have to we have to take the entire person into account. Right. It's not just, just one thing. the one bad tweet they had just the one stupid thing they said when they thought the mic wasn't on and that can't be the thing that defines a person it has to be their complete you know their complete personality their complete history and who they actually are yeah and i know sam harris has talked about this but we have this pattern this way that as a society that we work where somebody can commit a really terrible crime and assuming it's not something that sends you to jail forever it sends you to jail for a certain amount of time and then we want you back in society. We consider that debt paid and that sin atoned for and we want you to come back and have your life. There's got to be a way to, even if somebody has done something 
truly cancelable um, that we figure out a, a way for them to basically atone and come back, I think. Yeah. And I don't know how we do that, but it's possible. It's got to be. It has to be. Nobody knows, though. <laughs> um, I So based on the housekeeping that we had at the beginning of this episode, um, another thing that has come out of that is that we... We no longer want to do something we don't like this week. Um, I feel like we talk about these really serious topics and we get kind of, uh, it's already kind of, we're kind of down. Like we don't need to pile on. Here's something else I don't like. And then we rant or something. So we're just going to close with something we like. Okay. I don't have anything prepared, but uh, I'm just going to look around the room. (laughs) Uh, I like cheap led lights that you can get at ikea to make nice uh ambient light ni- nice mood lighting and and highlighting like for shelves and yeah, cabinets it looks great. And it's, behind got tvs a nice and monitors color changing ambiance in here now yeah i just want to point out you literally just i like lamp i, <laughs> I like lamp <laughs> you see girl that one oh, yeah. um i like um I like hop tea. Um, it is a delicious um, non-alcoholic beer that has uh, tea and a little bit of caffeine sometimes, depending on the tea, and hops, and it's sparkling, and it's delicious and refreshing, and uh, it's a great and alternative to you to sponsor to us? And yeah, sponsor us, hop tea, and we'll talk you up every week. Hop tea and hot Cheetos. Still waiting for hot Cheetos. <laughs> um, highly recommend... Um, just as a as a way to no calories in most of them some of them have juice but it's just a nice way to kind of uh be able to have that refreshing like put your feet up kind of a beer feeling but on a weeknight when you really don't need to be having a few beers because you got to get up early the next day Mm -hmm. so that is what i like this week been enjoying one of those as we record yeah all right this is a long episode let's end it (laughs) it's always long (laughs) And uh, this is Nobody Knows. All right, see ya.